you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Game Day View is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. This is NFL Game Previews. No analysts allow, just me, game preview guy with a breakdown of every Week 13 game, along with a recap of how our 10-person panel voted on each. Have to start on the West Coast this week. Monster matchup between one of the best offenses in the game, facing off with the number one D. Oh, baby, what a matchup. The time has come for Luke to face Anakin. Can I get it? Can I get a day, you know? The Miami Dolphins head west after finally answering the age-old question every football fan has wondered. What if a good college team played an NFL team? Now scrambling to his left, throws a touchdown Miami, and it's Darren Smythe. Dolphins take their show to San Francisco this week, taking on a 49ers squad who sharpened their defensive skills, maybe at just the right time. Bosa got him from behind. The 49ers take over on fourth down again. Niners aren't likely going to come away with another homer favorite on defense this week. It's easy enough to try and discredit their recent showing to facing a challenged offense. So let's just approach it with broader Bob Ross strokes. 49ers secondary has to come up with a way to do something no one has done yet. Beat two Tyreek and Jalen in a game where Tungavailoa starts and takes most of the snaps. No QB has the combination of numbers he has in 2022. Tua, end zone, touchdown! Tua's resume, as all know, built off his ability to find Waddle and Hill in big moments, and for big yards, no wide receiver duo has been more explosive this season or hard to handle. Back to throw, throws a touchdown, Hill! Downfield wide out, Waddle, touchdown! No two guys will handle them alone either, but you have to have two good corners to start. 49ers have Traverius Ward on one side. He's the best candidate to stick on Hill. Lots of years practicing with him. And he's been locked down in 2022. 68.5 rating against makes him one of the best this season. Traverius Ward. He was back there in coverage. It was close. San Francisco has given up a 90.9 rating to wide receivers across the year. That's not terrible, but it's not great relative to how other teams have handled wideouts. They can't play Waddle and Hill not terribly. Lofting into this is where we get to Nick Bosa. How might he be able to impact the game? Another sack last week, only has one game where he didn't get home. That's a saccharoonie, baby. The Niners have 33 sacks this season, pressure rate a nice high 20s, and they take on a line without Teron Armstead. Tua got sacked four times by the Texans, all of them after Armstead left the game. Tua's been getting racked up this half by this Texans defensive front. Miami running backs Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert also faced their former mates. Mostert didn't play last week with a knee issue. Wilson was quiet last week. Their run game is a built-in X-factor. The Niners' rush attack, on the other hand, the heart of their offense. Here's McCaffrey on a toss. A big play for the 49ers. Debo Samuel only ran two times last week. Christian McCaffrey was held to 2.9 yards per carry. Elijah Mitchell, longest run, 12 yards. Rough week for their ground game. Toss play is going nowhere as McCaffrey. 
Saints jam that up from the snap. Can the Dolphins keep them quiet back-to-back -back weeks? 3.7 yards per carry allowed to running backs this season. Second hardest team for backs to gain yards on. Christian Wilkins, a beast in the middle. I think I saw someone say he's the best defensive tackle in the game at this point, or playing the best at the very least. He's dropped in the backfield by Christian Wilkins. That's one quick big man right there. 49ers passing game, like their run game, also quiet in Week 12. Jimmy Garoppolo having a Jimmy game manager kind of outing. Going to throw for the corner of the end zone, broken up, caught by Jawan Jennings on the ricochet. 49ers weren't great on third down last week. That's something they're going to have to correct this week. And they were kind of rough in the red zone. Their passing attack can run through Debo and Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle at tight end, CMC out of the backfield. They're most effective when their ground game sets the table. Caught by Brandon Ayuk. What a throw to Kittle. Debo Samuel all the way into the McCaffrey sprinting away. Miami's defense has played wide receivers well, holding them to a rating under 90. They're giving up a 95.1 rating to running backs. That's kind of average. Tight ends, 125.6. In fact, even in their blowout win, a touchdown allowed to tight end Jordan Akins. Five catches, five targets, 61 yards. Akins taking on tacklers, and he bangs his way in for the touchdown. Dolphins pass rush, it comes in off a five-sack performance and he is going backwards again blown up by that Miami defense Miami is blitz happy Jimmy G might be staring back and giving them the dirty hairy line versus five plus pass rushers this season only two quarterbacks have a higher rate than Garoppolo against the blitz seven touchdowns 69.2 completion rate here's Kittle George Kittle Tua is one of the other two, by the way, so go ahead and make his day too, San Francisco. Good game equals disagreement. Of our 10 voters, four took Miami, six took the home team. The Tennessee Titans take to the road for a big game in Philadelphia after taking an L in a big game last week. I can now say I saw a team lose a game for pushing the center over. And that's where the penalty is called. Watch the middle, the snapper. And see where he gets hit right there and rolled back? That's where the penalty is called. He is protected as a defenseless player, not supposed to have that kind of contact. They have to brush off the disappointment so they can figure out how to stop the Eagles' chameleon-like offense. Hurts stepping up, got away from the man who was policing him, and Hurts gets the first down and more. It's a gain of 23 to the 48-yard line. Number one reason the Eagles are so hard to deal with that's it. Number one is the reason the Eagles are so hard to deal with. Whatever Tennessee does well on defense, Jalen Hurts and the offense will adapt to it because they can. Hurts design run takes off. Easily the first down. Hurts on his way. Let's start with the ground game. That's a beefy battle based on how Tennessee has handled runners. Philadelphia ran the ball 49 times versus Green Bay. 363 yards, 7.4 per run. Punched it in three times. Miles Sanders, the running back Tennessee, will be most focused on. 143 yards last week, 6.8 a carry, two touchdowns. He's a 5.1 per guy in 2022. And Sanders plowing his way forward and into the end zone. Their opponent last week had not played running backs well. Tennessee has. 
3.8 yards per run allowed to that position makes them one of the hardest for backs to find room against. Spin by Burrow, and none of that worked for Pirine. Problem is, Sanders is only half the problem. Hertz also went bonkers along the ground in week 12, 157 yards for him, 9.2 a carry. Hertz has run 16 and 17 times in his last two games after four straight games with less than 10 carries. A lot of space over here. Take it off. Anybody gonna catch him? Titans versus quarterbacks running, holding them to four per carry. They faced Josh Allen and Daniel Jones, too. And oh, nobody biting on the fake. Jones is buried in the backfield. This in no way means the Eagles style is the same as teams Tennessee has faced. It's not apples to apples, just laying out the fruit we have to work with. But should Tennessee give Philadelphia trouble on the ground, then they have to stop Hurts from hurting them through the air, which he's just as capable of doing. He didn't light Green Bay up through the skies, but he left with a clean box score, two touchdowns, his season numbers with his arm, 105.6 rating, 12 yards per completion, over eight yards per attempt, 17 TDs, three INTs, Titans facing the MVP frontrunner. Hurts, gonna try the other side this time. For the moment, it's mostly a wide-out-driven passing attack Titans are contending with. Titans DBs are going to feel like Spicoli walking in the class when they look across the line of scrimmage this week. I know that, dude. They face A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Each guy has a few monster games under their belts this season, their production often a reflection of what's needed based on how the game is unfolding. Hurts pressure, throws it, it's caught by Smith this time. Gonna go here. Playing wide receivers well has not been a strength of Tennessee's this season. Their overall rating allowed is low 90s, but to wideouts, it's 104.1. Last week, they allowed T. Higgins to go for 114 yards and a score. Burrow uncorks it. End zone. Touchdown, T. Higgins. Lucky for the Titans, they aren't a blitz-heavy squad. They can still get to Hurts, though. Three guys with over five and a half sacks. Pressure rate plus 30. Second and nine. Burrow is dumped at the six. Hertz has never escaped a game without getting dropped. It's really bothered him. No, it hasn't. So how do you stop them if they can morph at every turn? The only recipe we've seen work is playing keep away. Keep the Eagles offense on the sideline for most of the game the way Washington did. Titans clearly are built to try something similar. Head off Derrick Henry breaks through. King Henry's bruising style has given him 95 rush yards per game in 2022 and 10 scores. Puts a move on to the five, stiff arm, dives over the pylon, touchdown Titans! We all know Henry's touches have value and it helps set up Ryan Tannehill for better games, but still, for the record, he's gone three straight games now under 3.2 a carry. Pitch it to Henry. Looking for some space, doesn't develop. Eagles defense is prone to giving up big yards to running backs, 4.6 per run allowed to that position. And last week versus A.J. Dillon, who is a bruiser type as well, 64 yards, 8 yards per run, and a touchdown. Dillon up the middle, A.J. Dillon to the end zone touchdown.
How that battle plays out will dictate what happens on the back end. Eagles secondary is taking on a hotter than usual Tannehill. 291 yards passing last week, 255 plus in three straight games now, 91 plus rating in each. Tannehill, step and throw, got his man. Oh, Kunkwo! Titans passing attack, also wide receiver driven. The main man, Traylon Burks. Yeah, Traylon. Burks finally earning his first round status, 70 yards last week after a 111 yard outing the week before. Tannehill gonna take a deep shot, downfield, Burks! How easy a time is he going to have keeping his good times going? No team is holding wideouts to a lower rate than the Eagles. Have fun with Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Heineke keeps throws, passes, incomplete. Darius Slay. Eagles pass rush seems to have an edge as well. Got to A.A. Ron three times, only two teams with more bags in 2022. Titans have allowed one of the highest pressure rates in the NFL, but they are bringing it down. Back-to-back -back weeks, Tannehill has only faced a rate in the high 20s. Anything helps. Tannehill tosses it. Robert Woods with the catch. Good game, but nine of our voters fly Eagles flying. NFL.com writer Grant Gordon, the lone Tennessee believer. From one playoff rematch to another, the Cincinnati Bengals, fresh off a heavyweight bout with the Titans, didn't win it with a knockout punch, but if your opponent knocks themselves out, not much you can do. Flag down. Personal foul. Number 97. Oh, that's a crusher. Defense for a hit on a defenseless player. Tennessee, if the field goal is good, you've got a shot. You're down seven, you're gonna get the football back. The rematch belongs to Cincinnati. They get back in the ring with another familiar foe this week in the other corner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Everything is still on the table for both these teams, and if they follow the script, we should see some good old-fashioned Maverick versus Iceman aerial action. You can be my wingman anytime. Bold something, you can be mine. A bug just flew in my mouth. Jeez, that was disgusting. I guess Burrow is more Iceman, right? He had to grind last week in their win, but he came out with 270 yards, no INTs, a rating of 91, and a touchdown. Burrow puts it out there. Clean catch. Burrow, on average, putting up over 270 in the air, completion percentage close to 70, 23 to 8 TD to INT ratio. I have this urge to go, well, Joey B, Patrick will be your huckleberry. Kilmer connection, I guess. Mahomes also comes in off a so-so game. He had a ball intercepted, but he got the win and he threw for 320 yards. Mahomes floats one. Oh, back shoulder. Beauty to Smith-Schuster. Mahomes, in essence, just walks out and hands it to Smith-Schuster. On the season, Mahomes good for 325 yards per game as a passer. 29 TDs, rating 105.3, over 8 yards per throw. Mahomes looking deep, throwing deep, and it is caught. Valdez Scanley took a hit, held on. Majority of his looks go to wideouts, though none tend to lead the team in targets. Bengals secondary is dealing with a committee approach. Kansas City would love to get McCole Hardman back for this game, but if not, Mahomes will use MVS, Juju, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, the way he has been recently. A little of this and that based on the looks he's getting. Mahomes is a man wide open and more. 
Moore makes the adjustment in the catch. Travis Kelsey, of course, is the focal point. He scored his league-leading 12th receiving TD last week. He's got his man, Kelsey. Stretches out for the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Bengals secondary they face. They've made it tough on both wide receivers and tight ends, holding each position under a 90 rating. Incomplete. It was intended for... Mark Andrews. The however is, their play versus the pass has slipped a little since losing Cheeto Awuzie. Steelers rookie Kenny Pickett had his best game against Cincinnati a few weeks ago. Last week, they gave up over 290 yards to Tannehill, over 8.5 yards per throw, so they haven't been quite as stout recently versus passing attacks. Tannehill, complete. Chiefs secondary does not sport season numbers like Cincinnati. They played Bryce Perkins great in Week 12. Billy Madison was also dominant versus versus those kids in basketball too. The Chiefs have allowed a 99.2 rating overall, 98 plus rating to running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Going deep, downfield for Joshua Palmer, got it, touchdown. The gas that powers Cincinnati's fireworks, wideouts. T Higgins has been the number one lately, seven catches, 114 yards, a touchdown in week 12, back-to-back 100 -back plus yard receiving games for that dude. Uncorks it. End zone. Touchdown. T. Higgins. Burrow tends to use all three types of pass catcher. Tight end Hayden Hurst had nine targets versus the Titans. And it's hauled in by Hurst. And running back Samaj P. Ryan was thrown to seven times. Bengals passing attack could get a big boost, too. Joe Mixon could be back this week. He's also great out of the backfield. And J.A. Mar Chase. I like to think about how Mr. Garvey would say it, but Chase is back, and we remember what he did to Kansas City the last time they played. Caught at the 40. Jamar Chase at the 50. Great speed at the 40 of Kansas City, outrunning the entire secondary. 15-10-5 touchdown, Cincinnati Bengals. Pass rushes for both teams, run games for both teams. Those are the facets that could tilt things. Bengals' O-line has allowed 35 sacks. Chris Jones has 10. Here to fit. Oh my goodness, look out, Chris Jones. He nearly took the handoff. KC running back Isaiah Pacheco has a 4.7 yard per carry average. Cincinnati's defense holding running backs to four a carry. Henry blown up by Hilton. Huge matchup, but only Daniel Jeremiah and NFL.com writer Mark Sessler on our panel of 10 think Cincinnati wins it. Eight votes for KC. The New York Jets fly into Minnesota this week. That's right, they're coming in through the skies. Throw to the end zone, and Garrett Wilson has a touchdown. What a start for Mike White and the Jets. Their opponent, the Minnesota Vikings, makes for one of the best games of the week because it will have one of the best one-on-one -on -one matchups of the week. Firing deep, Jefferson. He brought it down. <laughs> of course he did. And that's just ridiculous. What happens when you pour sauce on dynamite? Does it extinguish it or does it blow up still? The kid versus sauce. Great one-on-one -on -one when Justin Jefferson and Ahmad Gardner go at it. Jefferson in 2022, the key to Minnesota's wins for the most part. So he's the key to beating Minnesota as well. Jefferson crushed in week 12, nine catches, 139 yards and a touchdown. It's caught for the touchdown by Jefferson. Team gritty on Thanksgiving, why not? Cowboys and Eagles both held Senor Gritty under 50 yards. Minnesota lost both games. The Vikings have only won once this season when he's under 98 yards. He's been near or way over the century mark in the rest of their victories. Rolls it, throws it, Jefferson again. 
first time. Just throw to him all day. It's too much fun. Oh, and I'm for sure not going to make any more Good Times comments about JJ. Is it clear that was said with heavy sarcasm? I get it, man, but I should get a touche for that. A couple fans out there know. Back to the preview. Gardner, nice low, 60.6 rating allowed, 14 passes defensed. No one in the NFL with more. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it! And the Jets are in business. Jets defense has more than just Justin Jefferson to worry about. Adam Thielen, nine catches last week, a touchdown against the Bills. Looking, Jefferson was covered. Other side, Thielen! Touchdown, Minnesota! New York counters with DJ Reed. Healthy 74.4 rating allowed, got hands on seven balls. No shock, the Jets have held wide receivers to the third lowest rating in the NFL at 81.2. Deep ball, knocked away! The recovery by Reed. Minnesota will test the Jets' skills versus tight ends as well. TJ Hawkinson also prominent to the purple passing attack. Five-plus catches in each of his four games after the trade. And Cousins flips it to Hawkinson. Touchdown, Minnesota. Oh, look at that. New York hasn't allowed a touchdown to a tight end yet. Four INTs off throws to that position. 69.8 rating versus tight ends, third lowest. sideline Jordan Whitehead Jets do face a Captain Kirk who jumped to light speed last week Cousins in week 12 probably his best game of 2022 30 of 37 299 yards over eight yards per attempt three touchdowns rating over 115 Kirk Cousins looks awfully comfortable in the pocket here it's always good to get that completion early on in the ball game how many Trekkies have already hit the comment section how dare you who is this idiot light speed and Captain Kirk Minnesota's line just faced off with a high sack total team. Cousins only got hit four times, taken down just once. They'd take that again this week. Cousins bouncing, walking it. It's Cook on the run. First down, Dalvin Cook. If the Jets can pressure Cousins a lot, it can help slow Jefferson. That's how Dallas beat him. Cousins this week facing a pass rush with a pressure rate of 30.3 without blitzing much. He's flushed out of the pocket. He's chased by Clemens, and he throws incomplete. And they still have a nice high sack total, too. Just rush only four and still get there with Bryce Huff. A bullet off of the edge for the sack. What about Dalvin Cook? Week 12 versus the Patriots, more carries than any other game this season. 42 yards and just 1.9 a run, though. 25, whoa! What a hit by Jelani Tabai! He got Dalvin Cook and took him down. He had a big run in Week 11 that inflated his YPC in that game, too. A lot of his runs recently, the under four a carry variety. Cook was up against a defense tough on running backs last week, and he's up against another one this week. The Jets holding backs to 4.1 per run. He's hit from behind this time by Solomon Thomas. For what it's worth, they didn't play David Montgomery as well in Week 12, though. Gave up 79 yards on 5.6 an attempt to him. And just a great cut out to his right, and then just a really good finish on that run. Jets offense has relied on its defense to keep the score low, and then they handed the QB keys to Mike White. He's on the boot here, and he throws for completion to Tyler Conklin. White had such a good game versus Chicago last week, it felt like Zach Wilson should go back in to make sure White didn't get hurt. Over 300 yards, over 11 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, a rating right under 150. Watch his poise in the pocket. A little bit of a slide, resets, 
goes through his progression, finds the open receiver. Wilson's like, well, yeah, but they told me they want to see me back on the field at some point this year. Yeah, you know the kid who runs out there and grabs the kicking tee after kickoffs? Tight end Tyler Conklin was happy to see White. Three catches, three targets, 50 yards. Here's an open Conklin. Beautiful throw from White to the wide open tight end for a gain of 29. So was Elijah Moore. Two catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown. He'll look to throw. In zone, Moore! Touchdown, Jets! Mike White! How about him? But no one was as happy as Garrett Wilson to see White out there. Two touchdowns last week, five catches, 95 yards. It's weird. He has four touchdowns this season. None of them from Zach. Downfield shots has Garrett Wilson. Matesville don't miss. Turns on the afterburners. He's gone. Touchdown Jets. New York takes the lead. That sets up another big one-on-one. Vikings pass defense is not good. More on that in a second. But Patrick Peterson has held up his end of things. 69.4 rating allowed at this point. 12 passes defensed. That's one of the highest figures in the league. So he can make things tough on the white connection with Wilson. It's an interception! Patrick Peterson! And in this heavyweight bout, the Vikings with the knockout blow! Pass defense is the number one thing Minnesota fans have been unhappy with. I see it in the comment section all the time or they're worried about it at least. Versus Mac Jones, a guy who averages under 200 yards passing per game, they gave up 382, a rating near 120, two touchdowns, no picks. On his way to the end zone for a touchdown! And despite P-squared's play, they've allowed a 101.6 rating to wide receivers. Could mean Minnesota needs something extra special from its pass rush. They don't have a terrible sack total because of Zadarius Smith. They have a solid pressure rate too, 28.6, made more solid because they don't blitz much either. Allen is set from behind by Daniel Hunter. Vikings face a traditional rush attack. They gave up 5.1 a carry to Ramondre Stevenson in their most recent outing. Ramondre Stevenson, nice run. Only faced seven carries from him though, so New York fans know this. Minnesota's holding running backs to 3.8 yards per carry this season. Bouncing to the outside, that hole is closed. The Vikings have never faced Bam before though, Bam Bam to some, but no one had faced Zonovan Knight in the NFL until last week. He will be the most picked up running back this week in fantasy football. Jets would love to get a repeat showing from that kid. 69 yards, 4.9 per against the Bears. Nice way for an undrafted to debut in the NFL. Here's a big one for Zonovan Knight. Another split board, four New York Jets votes, six for Minnesota. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, let's go today. Let's Let's go, buddy. Let's go, man. Let's go. The Chargers make the famous trek from L.A. to the Strip this week. 300 bucks in hand, feeling very money, I might add. Trying for two. Got it. They've got the lead. A two-point conversion. And the Chargers are taking a one-point lead with 15 seconds.
seconds to go. It may take more than that to beat the house, though, especially if Vegas can hit the jackpot like they did with their last dollar again. Hands off to Jacob. Stutters to the right. Burst through the hole. 20, 25, 30. He's off to the races. Ball game. 86 yards in overtime. Touchdown, Raiders. Victory, Las Vegas. Did you know the Chargers faced the NFL's rushing leader this week? Yeah. Yeah, I'm him. Yeah. yeah, Josh Jacobs didn't just drop that career highlight. He had already scored and put up over 140 yards versus Seattle prior to that run. He ended with 229. He now sits on top of the NFL rush world and is lined up to lead the way again this week. Toss play, Jacobs gets a block from Johnson at the 30. Cuts back inside, stiff arm. 25-20, Jacobs off to the races. Five, touchdown Jacobs has been at the center of Vegas' best offensive play this season. He's had five 100-plus yard rush games, Raiders 4-1 in those contests. Hand up into the belly of Jacobs, bounces off the defender. <laughs> so you have the number one rusher taking on the worst defense when it comes to stopping running backs. LA giving up 5.6 a run to backs. James Conner, a sub four yard per carry runner, went for 120 yards against them last week. Holy mismatch, Batman. And I don't know why you do anything but run the ball. And this is, again, another week in a row where they just, they can't set the edge. The tackling has been poor, the angles have been poor. But check this out, huge mismatch the other way too. As has been the case much of the season, LA's Arizona win rested on the arm of Justin Herbert. Or you could argue Keenan Allen since Herbert has been back to normal since his return. Last week, Herbert completing almost 75% of his passes, 274 yards, three touchdowns, and a passer rating above 109. Here comes a blitz. Herbert able to escape. Throws. Left sideline. Paul Carter. Five into the end zone. Touchdown. Chargers. Only 5.8 yards per attempt, but he avoided the type of back-breaking mistakes that can cost teams in close games. And it was his arm in the fourth that put the ball in the end zone twice to ensure the L.A. victory. Herbert could be in for another big game against the Raiders. When the Powder Blues come together, it's something special. Vegas 76% completion rate allowed, 8.2 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, 328 yards given up to Geno Smith. They have given up the highest rating and completion rate in the NFL this season. Geno looks, gonna lay it up over the top. Got a man out there, it is locking, he's got it! So you have to assume that's how Los Angeles will attack them, especially since LA's average just barely over 85 yards a game on the ground and at 3.8 yards per carry, third worst. He was absolutely swallowed inside. It's a loss of two. Raiders have to be able to step up versus running backs in the passing game. Austin Eckler last week, 11 catches, one of them a touchdown. Eckler breaks a tackle, 35-34. I mean, Simmons just hit him with everything he had, just bounced right off of him. And Keenan Allen, of course, also a score, five receptions. Takes the handoff, throws to Keenan, caught, touchdown! Chargers, Herbert. To Keenan Allen, DJ, I can't believe I'm saying it for the first time this season. So how about when Vegas throws? Can Derek Carr and company keep the hopes of a postseason trip alive for the Raider faithful? Jacobs tosses back to Carr, steps forward, wide open, Hollins at the 25, all kinds of green, 15, 10, he's going to walk in. 
Carr and company facing a Chargers defense bottom half against the pass. 94 rating allowed for the year, 92.3 rating allowed to wide receivers. It looked like Louis Gilman just ran right by him. He spun off of him and waltzed into the end zone before Kenneth Murray could catch up to him. Well, the Cardinals have made it look easy. Obviously, L.A. has to keep an eye out for Devontae Adams. The league's fourth leading receiver always presents matchup issues. Like back in week one when the Chargers couldn't keep track of him, Adams running wild on them with 10 catches for 141 yards and a score. Somehow, Devontae Adams found himself wide open, breaks a tackle, and is still running. E.J., there was not a bolt within 15 yards of Adams when he caught that ball. Last week, Adams went for a little over 70 yards. Mac Hollins scored on over 60 yards, and L.A. may have to cover a running back in the pass game, too. Jacobs as a receiver last week, six catches, 74 yards. Throws it to Jacobs on a slant, wide open 30, 35-40, breaks a tackle 45, and he's tripped up at the midfield. Josh Jacobs can do it all. Like we said, this is a week one AFC West rematch. L.A. took the first one 24-19. That may as well have been last year. Car climbs the pocket, hit, grab, and he has dropped. The ball is out, and the Chargers have it. A sack attack for the sixth time today. Pass rushers for both teams are your X-Factors. Both teams thought they would be sack machines. Turned out to be true, sort of. Have to really think about that one. Disagreement once again means we have a good week. Four Las Vegas votes, six for the Chargers winning on the road. Ready for what could be the most intense atmosphere for a Week 13 game between two teams with five wins combined. Deshaun Watson is on the active roster and he is their quarterback. This isn't running into your ex when you're out for dinner. This is having them over for dinner and they get to sit right there at the head of the table. It's an awkward and uncomfortable situation for many. The crowd for this one, the atmosphere around it outside. Hard to preview emotion, right? Hard to know how Deshaun Watson is going to deal with it all. Hard to know how he'll play since we haven't seen him on the field since 2020. I'm looking forward to just moving forward with my career. We know what he's capable of. We know what he's supposed to do for Cleveland's offense. And we know it's an offense that has been built around the run for the last few years. Was built around the run in their upset win over Tampa Bay. They give the ball to Chubb. He's driving for the goal line. Nick Chubb with the walk-off touchdown versus the Bucks. It was a fat cherry on top of a 115-yard day Sunday. Here's the give, and here comes Chubb running left. He's got a block, 35. He's to the 30, 25, 20. He's to the 15. He's inside the 15-yard line. You could argue, keep it simple, you know? Houston is allowing 5.2 per run to running backs. Derrick Henry at 250 pounds just shook the shoes off Jonathan Owens and then got in the end zone carrying about two Texans with it. I'm not saying I have a horse and the Chubb should be the star of the game race. I just wonder, do Texans fans really need to have the year they've had and have Watson make his first start in Houston and sparkle? Salt meat wound if that happens. And the Texans, even against a four-win team, would need to play way over their heads to pull this off. Hit, ball out, picked up, scoop, score, Miami. And the Dolphins go up 27-0. Texans offense, points per game, third down, red zone, passing yards per game, total yards per game. You find their name at the bottom of all those lists. Allen back to pass, looking, and he throws it wobbly, and it gets a 
It gets picked off by Van Ginkle. He takes it to his left, and he takes it inside the five-yard line. What was that? Defense has been their one saving grace. They're not terrible there until last week, though. Game was over at halftime. Different sense of deflation after that last loss. So the pick cashed in for a TD with a three-yard run on the next play. This game does have Russ going back to Seattle vibes. We saw how that turned out. No one saw it coming for the most part. Back to that E-word. Sometimes teams find something deep down, like Ralphie when he unloads on his nemesis in the alley. No, hell no, hell no. They do have a couple theoretical matchups they could exploit. Along the ground on offense, Damian Pierce needs to change the track in his earbuds. No more foreigner before games, dude. Last two weeks have been abysmal. He's been as cold as ice. And here's a gift to Pierce. Front side left, a lot of traffic, no game. Just nowhere to go. But the kid has rushed for 80-plus yards six times. If he could grind and keep the score close, you know. Pierce breaking tackles. Pierce still on his feet. And they finally bring him down. Beastly running from Pierce. How fun was that to watch? And look at this. Cleveland's defense has given up 5.2 a run to running backs. He gives it to White, he's wide open. 40, 50, 45, 40, and MJ Everson whips him into the Browns sideline. There was nobody home over on the right side of the Browns defense. Texans passing attack is in shambles right now. Brandon Allen got plugged in last week, according to some outlets. Then Kyle Allen didn't make a difference. 215 yards, two picks. Success needs to happen for Kyle Allen here soon or you run the risk of guys in the huddle not quite believing that he can get it done. Allen got sacked five times, too. Teams that take that many sacks seem prone to a dude like Miles Garrett. Corralled the GOAT one and a half times in his latest game. He's got 10 bags now. Here come the Browns right at Brady, and they got him! Miles Garrett got him! He got him by the right ankle and knocked him down! I said there were two possible thermal exhaust ports. Cleveland is allowed a plus 30 pressure rate this year. Not good when you're over 30. That's the line. And Watson has always been prone to taking a lot of sacks. He's dropped at the 20-yard line. What a sack by Nacho. It was like a professional wrestling move. Texans pass rush, a pressure rate over 30. Jerry Hughes has eight takedowns. Hurts is in trouble again. He's going to go down, Jerry Hughes. It's not a full brownout. Nine votes for Cleveland. Adam Rank, though, calling for the upset. He has the Texans defending their home field. It's the oldest rivalry in NFL history. First ejections in NFL history. Packers-Bears. The hit list. Packers-Bears. I still own you. Packers-Bears. The next chapter, Jordan Love versus Trevor Simeon. Oh man, I hope not. If that's what it is and you want to break down how a game like that could play out, you are in the wrong place. Aaron Rodgers could play. He's had a terrible year based on A-Rod expectations. Pressure up the middle, fires towards Lazard, it's deflected and intercepted two feet down by Josiah Scott. But Rodgers has dominated the Bears and his enjoyment of that fact has been made apparent and it could be enough incentive for him to feel good enough to play this week. Rodgers, touchdown, Lazard. More incentive, the Bears' pass defense he would face, not good this year. Chicago gave up over 300 yards to Mike White last week, kind of par for the course, and they have not played wide receivers well on the season either. Mike White, how about him? 
That's good news for Christian Watson, six touchdowns in his last three games. Directing traffic, puts one up in the air, lets the young guy go up and make a play. Other side of the coin, Justin Fields sat out last week. Come on, shoulder, heal up. He's why the Bears are fun to watch. He's the new and improved Lamar. QB position keeps evolving. Fields on the angle, trying to outrace Okuda, and he'll beat him to the goal line for the touchdown. Fields is the top running quarterback in the NFL, seventh most rush yards in the entire league. He's after the races. Oh, he got a terrific block down there by Mooney. He's in for six. What might he do if he faces Green Bay's defense? A Green Bay defense that just faced Jalen Hurts and let him run for 157 yards on 9.2 a carry. This young man very much in the MVP race because of plays just like that. Hey, David Montgomery, you could also make an impact. He comes in off a game where he hit at 5+. plus. Montgomery again, another gaping hole. Packers also weren't sure how to deal with Miles Sanders in Week 12 either. Gave up 143 yards to him on 6.8 per run, two TDs. Sanders to the end zone! Touchdown again! The Packers could go ground game two. The Bears have given up 4.7 yards per carry this season, 4.8 to running backs. Into the secondary, stays on his feet and scores! Green Bay got a good game from A.J. Dillon in Week 12. Aaron Jones was quiet versus Philadelphia, but he's hitting at 5.3 a carry in 2022. And if we do get some Beatles tunes and love is all we need, Jordan struck it big versus Philadelphia. We're seeing a lot of stuff here tonight. This one is the stunner. Panel of 10 went 8-2 to two in favor of Green Bay. Adam Rank and Mark Sessler siding with Chicago. Who wants it? NFC South, title rights, anyone. Euler, anyone? Ball is out! Ball is out! Caraving around, pinballing around at the one-yard line. San Francisco's got it! The New Orleans Saints hit the road after getting shut out last week. There's still one win behind the division leader, who they play this week. The Bucks, both squads coming in off losses, both under 500 after 12 weeks. The South in the NFL is dirty for the wrong reason right now. Buccaneers had a chance to win on the road. We go to overtime and fail. But whoever cleans up their act with six weeks to go will go to the dance. No different than those teams with the shiny records, which disappear the moment they let you through the door. That makes this a huge game. Tom Brady's stat line in their upset loss to the Browns looks good. Over 240 yards, couple TDs, no picks, 97.6 rating. Fires downfield, oh. and it is caught at midfield by Julio Jones. Number of problems he and the O have to try and correct this week. They aren't getting enough of those good kind of numbers on third down. Four for 15 versus the Browns. Season figure, not great. Third down and eight. There it is, Godwin, but not nearly enough. So the Bucks go three and out. Their red zone rate is also not good. So in turn, they leave games without many points like they did last week. Play action, and now Brady looking to go deep. And that pass incomplete. Brady also has to correct the issues he had connecting with Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, no problem. 13 targets, 12 catches, 110 yards, a touchdown in week 12. Brady looking, now throws, Godwin, first down, touchdown. Evans, nine targets, two catches, 31 yards. 
No shock then, Brady only averaged 5.7 a throw. So, not enough gash plays. Going deep for Mike Evans. And you can see he's frustrated. But those are some of the throws that he wished he could have back. Saints secondary, allowing a low 90s rating overall. But to wide receivers, who Brady relies on, a 108.5 rating allowed. You won't find many struggling that bad with wideouts. Setting up, open over the middle, caught, and a first down. They are at least coming off a game that saw them hold their own against San Francisco's group. New Orleans also has to be ready for Brady to throw to his running back. He targeted Rashad White nine times. He caught all nine of them. Brady to the outside, complete. White out of the backfield. Saints, they just took on CMC, held him to 17 yards receiving. Well defended from the jump. Good pressure. And Tyron Matthew finishes it off, a loss of two. The Bucks could try and load up White as a runner. He was efficient again last week. 64 yards, 4.6 a run. His play lately going to make it hard to take him out even when Fournette is back. Rashad White across midfield goes for 35 and that's a new season long. Saints haven't played backs great, 4.5 a run allowed. But again, better in their most recent showing held San Francisco's potent rush attack to 3.3 per run. Going nowhere is McCaffrey. Saints jam that up from the snap. Flip it around now. You've got an offense coming in off of Randy's donut. Throwing again, third down, looking for Taysom Hill, incomplete. Versus a defense coming in off a game where they not only got ran over, but they fell down in overtime to set up the loss. There he goes to Cooper. Wide open, Cooper makes the catch inside the 10. Andy Dalton and New Orleans passing attack have just as much to correct as Tampa Bay. 204 yards last week, 83.1 rating for Andy Dalton, zero TDs. Dalton, he was looking for Olave who had curled this back part. to the midfield strike. Alvin Kamara, two fumbles, lost them both, only averaged 1.9 a carry. He's now on a five game bender, under four a pop. The last showing has to be his rock bottom. The ball popping out at the end of the carry, and it'll belong to the San Francisco 49ers. Tampa Bay gave up the game winner to Nick Chubb last week and 116 yards on 4.5 a run. They've allowed 4.4 a carry to running backs overall. There's Chubb up the middle. Nick Chubb to the end zone. Touchdown. Kamara in the passing game caught six balls, 37 yards, so he was solid there at least. Dalton targeted Chris Olave the most in week 12. That's standard now. On the run, and he finds Olave. Nothing wrong with that connection. Tampa Bay would love to keep him to what San Francisco did, though. You can live with 62 yards on nine targets and only five receptions. His long, just 20 yards. Over the middle for Olave, and he cannot pull it in. It looked like it went right through his fingertips. The Bucks have played wide receivers well enough. They were in good shape last week against Cooper until Carlton Davis slipped, still holding wideouts under a 90 rating, but Camara could be in for a nice game. Tampa Bay has allowed a hefty 106 rate to running backs this season. Catch made by Kareem Hunt, and it's Devin White who made the tackle. Brady and the boys did already beat New Orleans back in week two, held them to 10 points. It was a long time ago, but I bet some of those dudes have good memories. Despite their woes, nine of 10 on our panel think Tampa Bay wins it. Daniel Jeremiah, the lone Saints vote. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. How the tables have turned for this matchup. The Giants hoping the clock didn't strike midnight on their season. Washington hoping they get to feel how it is to rock the glass slipper. Pass, it's deflected in the air. It is picked off by Washington. It is. It's Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller back-to-back games with an INT, both big ones. Commanders fans, come on now. You know what you've been saying about that man this year. He's waiting for your apologies. Anyway, here we are again, another run-forest run matchup. 37 rush attempts for Washington last week, 23 pass attempts. The Commanders have now won six of their last seven games, 128-plus rush yards in five of the six wins. Toss for Robinson, first down, plenty more, and Robinson running into Atlanta territory. In lots of their victories, they haven't cared if they're overly efficient while doing it. They're the Mike Tyson, Lil Mac body blow team. However, last week, they used some of their stars they racked up, hit the start button a few times, Brian Robinson comes in off his best showing of the season. 105 yards, 5.8 a carry for a guy who was averaging under three and a half before that game. And it's 17 left. Here comes Robinson on another good Washington run. So what kind of rush defense does he face this week? The Giants looked great against Tony Pollard in week 12, held one of the hottest backs going to 3.3 a run. Pollard on the reverse. He's in trouble, and he's got a long way to go, and he's going to be buried. Oh, the Giants were ready. Washington also faces a rush defense that made Zeke look great again. Gave up 92 yards to Elliott on 5.8 a carry. They've allowed 5.2 a run to running backs this year, so their play versus Elliott more in line with their body of work. Zeke Elliott, we've talked about him a lot today. He looks fresh, he looks fast, did a nice job winding that thing all the way back out what they call the back door. The Giants are also run first types on offense. Is Saquon tired or is it the line? The Commanders not getting the Barkley other defenses faced earlier this year. Last week, 39 yards, 3.5 a run. Three of his last four games hasn't topped 3.5 a carry. Surprise, surprise, Giants have lost three of their last four. Key common denominator, under 100 yards rushing as a team. Run it again. Barkley gets stuffed. He's going to lose yardage that time. Keep saying it because it's the obvious. Saquon and the run game have to assert itself early. DJ, this goes for you too. Daniel Jones only ran three times last week. What are Jones and Barkley up against this week? It depends. Washington, four yards per carry allowed to quarterbacks. That's good. 4.1 yards allowed to running backs in 2022. Also good. Give it to Algier this time. And he gets hit hard by Jerron Last week, though, they gave up 49 yards to Marcus Mariota on six attempts, allowed 4.7 a run or better to all three of Atlanta's running backs. Mariota just running tough, running hard. Feeling it right here. It's like his young days back in Oregon. Passing games for both teams right in the backseat most games. Daniel Jones versus Taylor Heineke. Heineke last week, 138 yards and INT, a couple touchdowns, 88.7 rating. Jones, 228 yards, a TD, no picks, 88.7 rating. Wonder if this is the first matchup between quarterbacks who both come in off of 88.7 ratings. Jones throws over the middle, caught, 
It's James. Jones wasn't able to rally New York to victory passing last week, neither aerial attack being piloted by Maverick or the Iceman. Both secondaries are solid groups. Jones and company up against a Washington defense that's held quarterbacks to a 90.8 rating, completion percentage allowed in the low 60s, no major issues versus Marcus Mariota and the Falcons' pass catchers in Week 12. Mariota climbs the pocket, too tall for Zacchaeus. Giants secondary can make it tough on Heineke, too. They're coming in off a two-INT game. They've had good numbers against the pass this season. Prescott pressure throws. Intercepted, Julian Love has it off the rebound. Pass rush, Heineke will attempt to elude. Last week, it was a happy Gilmore putt attempt. Hit the QB nine times, but they were too good for their home. Zero sacks. Throws, lofting end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. Washington only took down Mariota once. He isn't a hard guy to sack either. Just know this, Blue fans. This is a team with one of the highest pressure rates in the game. You don't want them pinning their ears back. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, all with six-plus sacks. Sweat letting the rhythm move him to his seventh last week. Mariota, nothing downfield. You may see some Commanders fans in the comments section saying, hey, plus, we should have Chase back this week. Yeah, sure, next thing you're going to tell me is Bigfoot exists. He might, I don't know, which means Young could return. Hard game to gauge. Five on the picks panel took Washington, five took the Giants. LA Rams back at home this week, relegated to the role of spoiler realistically. They will try and spoil the Seattle Seahawks season, who are no longer in first in the NFC West. Jacobs with running room right up the middle. Jacobs is on his way. The Raiders are going to win this game. Before the season started, who'd have thought that in week 13 it'd be the Seahawks on the verge of making the playoffs and the Rams the postseason long shot? There's a straight hand off Pacheco, dances up the middle and in. But that's where we stand, getting ready for the first of their two matchups this season, round one before these two teams lock horns again in the final week of the year. Seattle doing itself no favors this past week against the Raiders at home with a 40-34 OT loss. Seattle falls to 6-5 and five in the NFC West. What a game. For all the concern over an offensive drop-off this season, that hasn't been the Hawks' issue. In fact, the team has the league's fourth highest scoring offense, and they were eight points better last week. Walker, Walker to the end zone. But Geno Smith cost his team with two untimely turnovers, a pick and a fumble. The old schoolyard crisscross. <laughs> the crisscross applesauce. Aside from that, he was solid. 320 plus yards, two touchdowns, averaging almost nine yards an attempt. Geno gonna go deep down the sideline, got a man, touchdown! Gino loves Burger King. Did you know that? Every game you hear him, DK, have it your way. Have it your way. 11 of Smith's week 12 throws were to Metcalf, who totaled 90 yards on the game. Smith's going to go down the sideline, has a man open, and he's got it. That is DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett had three grabs for 68 yards and a touchdown. The Hawks' passing attack still very much about that duo. Wide open over the middle is Tyler Lockett. Lockett on the move. 
Where's the beef gonna be in this game? Look at me including the Wendy's legend. Well, it'll be sizzling when Jalen Ramsey and Metcalf square off. Those dudes are not fond of one another. Ramsey and the Rams defense has not played the pass great this season. Ramsey with a rating allowed of 125. He goes back in. Jalen Ramsey has no idea where Travis Kelsey is. Will Geno have time to throw? More than you might think given the Rams have only tallied 22 sacks this season and they're coming off a game where they didn't get to Patrick Mahomes once. Four-man rush. Mahomes pumps over the middle. Has a completion. It's Justin Watson wide open. L.A. has been stronger this year against the run, allowing less than 100 rushing yards a game and only 3.9 yards a carry. Top five in the NFL caliber numbers. Second down on the give. Pacheco breaks a tackle. Strong run, but then he runs into Ramsey and others. It was a tough slog for the Seahawks against Vegas. Kenneth Walker carried it 14 times, just 26 yards. That's two games in a row he's been under to a run. Walker going nowhere, wrapped up before he even got started. Much of the Rams' success against Seattle may depend on who's taking snaps. Matthew Stafford left their Week 11 game against the Saints with a potential concussion and didn't play versus the Chiefs. Instead, it was Bryce Perkins getting the start. 100 yards, 4.3 yards per attempt average. Touchdown, two picks, not ideal. Perkins tipped at the line, and that's intercepted. Nick Bolton's got that. He now goes up against a Seattle defense that just picked Derek Carr twice. They also gave up three TDs and 295 yards. Seattle secondary hasn't shined against a lot of QBs in 2022. Carr now throwing, and wide open is Mac Hollins. Hollins down the sideline for the touchdown. Even if Stafford starts, he certainly hasn't been lighting up opposing defenses. How do you spell Super Bowl hangover? Ten touchdowns to eight interceptions and one of the lowest passer ratings of his career. That's how. To the air, and it's intercepted! Picked off! Jackson is first of the year and a pick six. Given the Rams' air woes, they're averaging just 200 passing yards a game this season. Maybe they should take a page from the Raiders' playbook and just pound the rock. Vegas ran the ball 40 times for 283 yards against Seattle. Hawks have the NFL's fourth worst rush defense, Seattle giving up more than 150 yards a game at almost five yards a pop, bottom 10 in the league. L.A. counters with Perkins and Cam Akers. Perkins is a mobile QB, got 44 yards on almost five a run versus the Chiefs. Akers, 37 yards, 4.6 per. Trying to get the run going. Akers gets to the edge. Strong run from Cam Akers. Seattle blue chalk picks for this game. All 10 voters believe in the Seahawks. The Atlanta Falcons are at home, half game out of first. It's still very, very much money time for Get the Record. Call it early Christmas. They welcome the Steelers, a team kind of in their same waters, save their division leader isn't sub-500 after 12 weeks. There's the hit at the end by Fitzpatrick, but Cameron Sutton was there and no flags were thrown. Look, Pittsburgh has won two of their last three. Their rookie quarterback is at least holding his own lately. The Falcons, losers of three of their last last four. Most recent loss coming in week 12, they got beaten at their own game. Because when the Falcons are down and they have to pass, well, you ever see an Albatross compilation landing video on YouTube? It's just not what the Falcons' current makeup is designed for. Ariana 
climbs the pocket, too tall for Zacchaeus. Pittsburgh would love nothing more than to make Marcus Mariota have to beat them through the air. First, because they just picked off Matt Ryan while holding him to under 200 yards, a rating under 80. Ryan steps through and finds a pick. Plus, they gave up 4.3 yards per carry to Jonathan Taylor, 86 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's kind of a draw, I guess. But the Falcons have no problem running efficiently, even in losses. Everyone knows it at this point. They're the Atlanta Ostriches. 167 yards last week, 5.8 per. Four different guys hit it 4.7 or better. Yeah, Mariota just running tough, running hard. He's feeling it right here. It's like his young days back at Oregon. They need that run game to dominate early, though. Put them in the lead, then Marcus hits you with a couple nice throws. Since we're talking run games, the dirt led the way to the Steelers' recent win. 36 runs, 28 passes, 4.8 a run, two touchdowns, 172 yards in their win over the Colts. As he hands here, Harris, touchdown! It wasn't just a running back attack either. Kenny Pickett listened to some ZZ top before last week's game. Six carries, 32 yards, 5.3 a run. Second and 11, and that's a quarterback draw. Pickett dives. Made me wonder, how have the Falcons handled rushing quarterbacks? Four touchdowns allowed, 5.5 yards per carry. He's got the ball with blockers ahead, and he's got a touchdown. Why? Mostly that dude and Taysom Hill. Takes the snap inside the 10, the 5, touchdown. Pickett isn't that kind of guy, but he's not a Brady or a Manning either. Yes, that's a Kelso burn on two greats at the same time. Run up inside, climb that pocket. Kenny Pickett doing a nice job keeping his team rolling. By the way, Falcons defense versus running backs, 4.3 allowed per run, so not great. Pickett the passer. No one can joke about his last name again. That's a couple weeks in a row. Pickett, what a throw. Pass is complete to Fryermuth, first and goal. Nothing special versus the Colts. 174 yards, 6.2 yards per attempt, a rating of 87.5. Hey, that's a three-game streak where his rating has risen. 90s, here we come. What a catch. That yeah, sure looked like it. A really good catch wow. that far down the field. Falcons the defense he could do it against. Mid-90s rating allowed. Allowed, completion percentage allowed high 60s, low end of the totem pole in yards per attempt allowed. All right, your turn. You have the rest. I didn't mention TJ Watt. He didn't get a sack last week, but the Steelers got three. Falcons tend to give up a lot of those. Steelers, the big favorite, according to our panel. Nine votes for them winning. Marcus Grant breaks from the pack, taking Atlanta. The Indianapolis Colts are off to Jerry's World this week, taking on the Dallas Cowboys, whose new slogan might be, how about that Cowboys run game? C.K. Elliott, we've talked about him a lot today. He looks fresh, he looks fast, did a nice job. I guess it made sense. The man made eating his signature. So on Turkey Day, Ezekiel Elliott led the way. Got by Leonard Williams and a nice game for Elliott. I kept yelling at the screen, there goes Pollard, but it was 21 like every time. 5.8 per carry, 92 yards and a touchdown. And they're gonna run it to Elliott. Up the middle and in, touchdown Dallas. Tony Pollard will still get his carries. He just comes in off a 3.3 yard per run game. Colts defense they face, they gave up 5.2 a run to Benny Snell last week, 3.5 to Najee Harris. 
Survey says the Harris stat line is more indicative of their skill set. They're holding running backs to 3.8 yards per carry in 2022. For the Steelers, is Najee Harris is hit and dropped with a loss of one. If they push the action to the passing game, Dak Prescott comes in off an uneven outing. Got picked off a couple times by the Giants. Prescott pressure throw. And it's intercepted. Julian Love has it off the rebound. He did also throw two touchdowns, over 260 yards, over eight and a half per throw, over a 90 rating, and he also didn't take a single sack. Prescott throws, lofting end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. Will he escape with a clean jersey versus the Colts? DeForest Buckner, five and a half sacks. Yannick Ngakwe, eight and a half after grabbing two last week. Ngakwe gets another. Absolutely untouched, coming off the edge. You can make the case defending the tight end should be something Indianapolis prioritizes this week. Prescott connected on seven of seven attempts to that position in week 12, 88 yards and two touchdowns. Prescott back foot throw, caught, Schultz in, touchdown Dallas. We mention that because the Colts defense is generous when it comes to tight ends. They've allowed a 122.5 rating to that position, five touchdowns, no picks. Pickett fires, pass is caught, and he put it in a perfect spot as Pat Fryermuth makes the grab for 10. C.D. Lamb is the top wideout in Dallas' passing attack. Six catches, over 100 yards in Week 12. It's third and long, Prescott in trouble, unloads it. It's caught! Lamb inside the 10! Stephon Gilmore, the Colts' WR1 tracker. Sub-90 rate allowed in 2022. Nothing noteworthy in his Week 12 resume. And throwing for Adams, broken up Gilmore. There's no yellow on the play. Michael Gallup can't be ignored either. Caught five balls for 63 yards for the Cowboys. Scott stands in, delivers Gallup again. Colts play versus wide receivers as a whole. A tough defense on wideouts. 87.4 rating allowed. That's top 10. Third down and two. Passes high and incomplete for Sims. Cowboys know they have JT to deal with when they are on defense this week. They need another week 12 showing from their rush D. They've allowed 4.5 five a run to backs in 2022, they held Saquon to 3.5 a carry, just 39 yards. A run it again, and Barkley gets stuffed. He's going to lose yardage that time. Jonathan Taylor comes in off a 20-carry, 86-yard, 4.3 per run TD game. Here's Taylor. Taylor, touchdown! That's a fine performance for Joey Fatone, or Fatoni, or whatever that guy's name was, but not JT. Colts passing attack, a Matt Ryan production, 199 yards versus Pittsburgh, touchdown, a pick, under six yards per attempt, rating under 80, not scaring too many secondaries. Ryan steps through and finds a pick. Majority of passes Ryan threw last week to Michael Pittman. That's the case most games. Pittman caught seven balls, a touchdown, 61 yards. Second and goal, Ryan, end zone, Pittman! Touchdown Colts! So he gets Trayvon Diggs, Cowboys pass defense as a whole, still playing solid. Diggs, 13 passes defensed, only one guy has more, holding quarterbacks to a 78.9 rating, three picks. Here's Goff going for the deep ball. Then, of course, there's the question, how much time will Ryan have? I looked up top five individual pressure rates 2022. Dorrance Armstrong, number five. Dante Fowler, number one. Micah, number two. 
Parsons is close enough to Prince status, one name covers it, right? Pressure, Parsons got him! Just go down, Kurt. I'm not saying he's Prince status right now, for the record. Calm down. No one jumping on the Saturday Express. 10 votes for the Cowboys. When you feel you have had it up to here because you mad enough to scream, but you're sad enough to tear, then you're either Marshall Mathers or a Denver Broncos fan because you're now at rock bottom. Russell Wilson is going to go sack. The Broncos taking on the Baltimore Ravens, who finally found out Justin Tucker is human. Kick on the way. I thought it was good. I had no reason to believe he was capable of missing. So both teams come in off losses. Ravens now with the same record as the Bengals. They're gonna come into this game as favorites. Broncos were the lowest scoring team in football prior to last week. Walked out of Carolina with 10 points. It lowered their average. Wilson over the head of Jalen Virgil. I don't know if it's so bad the Ravens could just throw some purple pylons out there and call it good, but it's been pretty brutal for Denver this season. Orange Crush, plug your ears. This is for Baltimore fans who don't know. Here are the scores of all but one of Denver's losses. 22 to 10, 22-16, 17-10, 16-9, 19-16, 12-9, 17-16. What is that? They're like a bad volleyball team. You can see Brian Burns kind of smacking that hand just before it starts to move forward. Poster child of Denver's woes, the guy who has more bathrooms in his house than TD's throne. No need going over Russell Wilson's season numbers. It's the holidays. I'm not trying to overly depress the diehard Broncos fans who still listen or watch for fun. Just know Wilson's 2022 nightmare got worse in week 12, loses to Sam Darnold, no offense, while putting up 142 yards and just 4.1 yards per attempt. The ball hung in the air and quickly closing was Xavier Woods. What about the Baltimore secondary he faces this week? They got eaten up by Trevor Lawrence, allowed him to look like he did in college. Over 320 yards allowed, three TDs, no INTs, a rating given up near 130. Only reason Tucker is kicking from 67 is because the secondary couldn't stop Lawrence from shredding them when the game was on the line, the late TD and the two-pointer. There's your number one pick in the draft last year, Trevor Lawrence. Now to be fair, some of those throws and catches, magnifique. Like what can you do as a defender but tip your cap to some of those dots? Ravens are not usually that bad against the pass, but they aren't elite either they'd still have the advantage on this front if they play to their 2022 levels. Goes to Chase. It's an interception for Patrick Queen. Lamar Jackson and company would seem to have less pressure to pile up major points. Interesting matchup along the ground. The Ravens hit some big pass plays versus Jacksonville, but their rush game kept them in it. 35 carries total, mixed results. What makes it interesting, Gus Edwards comes in cold. He scored, but only 52 yards, 3.3 a run. And off to Edwards. And going nowhere. Broncos defense against running backs sits at 4.7 yards per carry allowed after giving up 113 yards to Deontay Foreman on 4.7 a scamper. Lamar Jackson, he's obviously the gas to their engine. He went for 89 yards over six a run last week. And Lamar all the way down to the 12-yard line. Broncos versus quarterbacks on the ground. Just 3.8 yards per carry allowed. Impressive unless you want to factor in which dual threat quarterbacks they've faced. Because then, you know, it's like, who cares about that stat? 
This is their first test versus someone with Lamar's skill set. What Baltimore does not want to have to do is try to beat Denver through the air. Broncos only faced 19 pass attempts last week, so the 164 yards and touchdown allowed to Darnold don't tell much other than Carolina knew the best way to beat them on that side of things was to run. The Broncos' pass defense wasn't perfect in Week 12. They gave up a long one to DJ Moore, but they remain one of the hardest secondaries to pass on. Sertan knocked it away from Terrence Marshall. They square off with a Lamar that came up big with his arm late in that loss. He threw for over 250 yards, a touchdown, no picks. Lamar, play action. He's got a wide open man. Oliver, touchdown! Broncos have to be ready to defend the tight end position more so than others. Josh Oliver scored last week led the Ravens in yards with 76. He's got a man down there. It's Oliver into Jacksonville territory. Mark Andrews led the team in targets with seven. When you need a big play, they go to Mark Andrews. Broncos versus tight ends then? Not as good as their overall play versus the pass, but holding that position to an 88.7 rate, so pretty good. Broncos running back Latavius Murray had a nice week 12, 92 yards, 7.1 a run, broke a 52-yarder. Latavius Murray just whoop! Will he be able to do anything like that versus Baltimore? They're only allowing backs for a carry. Broncos' woes have left them as one of those teams. Purple chalk picks, all 10 votes went to the Ravens. The Detroit Lions are at home this week, the latest team to feel the wrath of the Sarcasta flag. Hey, ref, was that really a flag? Oh, it was? That's a penalty 100% of the yeah. time. Technically? Oh, you can't hear me? <laughs> what, some fans see flags like that the same way Jeff's wife sees her husband sitting on the fence in that commercial. Anyway, they get the Jaguars this week, who are especially dangerous because they are playing with a nothing-to-lose attitude. Jaguars going for two. Lawrence in the shotgun, looking left, throws left, and it's caught! St. Jones! The Jaguars! Welcome to the NFL Trevor Lawrence. Detroit, you are facing the best NFL version of Lawrence we've ever seen. He didn't just hit that two-pointer for the win last week. He drove the team down the field in the waning moments of the game, hit the big one with seconds to go. 20 seconds to go. Lawrence throwing to the end zone. Marvin Jones! Yes! They call it a touchdown! And Lawrence wasn't just good on that last drive either. 321 yards for the day, 8.7 yards per throw, three touchdowns, rating near 130. That's what Duval expected when they used the number one pick on him. Gonna hear a lot of, he has arrived this week. Lawrence, Agnew, touchdown! What a drive by Trevor Lawrence! Lions secondary will be mostly preoccupied with wideouts. Christian Kirk is the Jacksonville touchdown leader. Lawrence threw to him nine times in week 12. Baltimore territory. Nine targets, four receptions is a little rough though. Zay Jones is the one coming in caliente. 11 catches for him, 145 yards versus the Ravens. Looking for Jones, he's got him! The Lions secondary Lawrence and company face this week hasn't been good in 2022, but they come in feeling good. Josh Allen, they held him to 253 yards, six yards per attempt, a low 80s rating while picking him off. 
one of their best showings versus a quarterback this season. Great defensive timing by Hughes. The point of attack, get the arm around right at the last second. Lions passing attack now. Jared Goff, low 90s rating guy for the year, 98.9 rate last week. 240 yards, two TDs, no picks versus Buffalo. Goff back at the 10, back at the end zone, and Detroit takes the lead. Goff did all that while getting hit 10 times, too. Two sacks. Jags have to pay special attention to Amon Ross St. Brown, because he's special. Averages a little over 70 receiving yards per game, slapped down 122, and found the paint versus the Bills. They fake it to Williams. They go up top, and it's a touchdown! St. Brown, the recipient! Jaguars defense has played the pass solid this season. Haven't played wide receivers as well, though. Good example, that D-Jax catch almost cost them the game last week. Going deep for Jackson! Run games are the X factor. Travis Etienne got hurt early last week. They think he's going to go this week, though, and if he can, he may have trouble sleeping the night before the game. Lions rush defense. 13-year-olds have a harder time sneaking by a buzzed carney at the county fair than runners do picking up five yards against Detroit along the ground. Yeah, that took some work. Only a few teams allow more than five yards per carry. They're one of them. Allowed 5.1 to Devin Singletary in week 12. Staying on the ground and Singletary's going. He's going all the way down to the 10-yard line. You can't sneak by any carny either. You have to know how to read the room. Detroit's run game in the hands of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. He has 13 TDs on the year, his latest in week 12. I'm always disappointed now, though. Forget Attica. Free Hinkle, I say. Can you tell I'm not a huge fan of certain rules? Here he is, Williams. He's in for the touchdown. Jag's big win didn't sway people as much as you might think. Only MJD and Adam Rank took them to beat Detroit. Eight votes for the Lions. NFL Game Day View is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.